Welcome to That Might Be Cool. I'm Jason Hammonds. And I'm Chase Anderson. Uh, we are on the road to Endgame. Uh, it's, uh, it's, this is the second episode of, of this journey that we're taking to look at the large tapestry of the MCU and figure out if the pieces that, uh, that make it are greater than the whole or if the, the sum of the parts are, are greater than the pieces. You know what I mean, Chase? You Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was totally every paying time, attention. Every time I try to, like, say that thing, I jumble it so bad. I can't. Normally, I'm fairly articulate. And for whatever reason, this phrase, I just can't you can't, get it. You can't, I can't nail it? No. Because, yeah, um, no, I let you do all that stuff, and then I just pipe in with, like, <laughs> hey, yeah, the Hulk is big and green. I know that. I've watched the movie. <laughs> uh, this this episode is sponsored by Greenpeace. Go uh, go save whales. Um, uh, no, Green Green Giant. Green Giant. Sponsored by the Green Giant. Green Peace. Beans. Peace. Green Beans. What I love beans. Um, green stuff. Green I beans. I'm guessing. I believe it's green beans. Uh, and it's also brought to you by Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash that might be cool to support the show and hear exclusive Ooh. podcast stuff. Do it. It's awesome. It's great. It's a good time. Uh, Chase, today we are talking about... The red-headed stepchild of the MCU. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes, we are. No doubt. This is the movie that no that, that they have to acknowledge, but they kind of don't want yeah, to. Yeah, no, most Kevin of the Feige time. has to say it is canon. It is canon. We it's have can- Thunderbolt it's our Ross. Movie. Uh, what is his real name? Thaddeus? Uh, uh, no, it's Thaddeus Ross is a different character. Uh, or wait, no. Thaddeus, it might be Thaddeus Ross, yeah. Uh, I'm going to call him Thunderbolt because that's way cooler. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, he he shows up in Civil Thaddeus, War yep. about... Mm, ten years later. Ten years later. Yeah. We'll say ten years. Why not? The, uh, yeah, the, Everything the, we say is 100% true. <laughs> Do not have, you don't have to Google it because we already did. Exactly. The, uh, the second chapter on the MCU, it is the... Uh, the, the safe bet that they had to start off their franchise, it is The Incredible Hulk. We've never seen anything even close to your levels of exposure. That you survived an event like that, it's beyond my comprehension. I don't want to control it. I want to get rid of it. As far as I'm concerned, that man's whole body is property of the U.S. Army. Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I like that this it's a recurring theme that we come back into the show with you just like doing little Oh, is it really? I, oh yeah, I've been doing that. Oh. Every episode where you where you, where you Woo. like whistle or hum the music or whatever. I've just been putting it in after yeah, the Yeah, no, trailer. that was the legit theme song from the The Incredible Hulk in 1912 when it was first introduced as um Hulk Hulker guy. Hulker guy. I was trying to be clever, but I realized I'm like, I don't think I am clever. So, um, um, well, Chase, let's talk about The Incredible Hulk. The most interesting it, movie. I think so. It's a, it's a quite a case study. Because it's like, it's the only one that doesn't fit with the, it doesn't have the Marvel, Mar, Marvula, Marvula. Marvel formula. Uh-huh. Marvula. That's Marvula. what it's called. The Marvula. Like it does not movies. have the Marvula. Yeah. Just the Marvel formula. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a lot of these Phase One movies don't really have it. They kind of get into their yeah. They don't find their rhythm until like they start Phase Two. Yeah, it feels Phase like. Two, and then and then Phase Three, and everybody's saying yeah, complaining that it's the Marvel formula, this and that, and this yeah. and that. But this one is interesting because it's like an action movie. Like you, what yeah, are you this saying is, about it. This is this movie is exactly what you would expect a superhero movie to be. I think in two thousand. In 2008, even, like, this movie to me is almost 
the same type of like I I believe this movie is in the same universe as Batman v Superman more than I believe it's in the same universe as the MCU. It's yeah, it's very dark and more. There's no you know uh, Marvel quips or yeah. anything. I mean, there's there's some humor in this movie. I think this movie it, it, yeah, but not Marvel quips. You know, saying something at the exact wrong time. That's true. That's true. Although there is there is the moment where he's falling out of the helicopter and there's that oh sh and then he yeah hits the ground. I, so I have only seen this movie probably twice or yeah. three times in my entire life yeah and uh, we, yeah we were watching that and uh, I was like that is like the exact same joke from Thor Ragnarok yeah I okay this is my and we'll talk about this when we talk about Ragnarok okay this is my hot take I don't think <gasps> Jason's don't, hot take I don't think Taika Waititi is that clever. I, I I like it because I'm not that clever, and I love stuff like that. I just I feel like people are talking about how he's like a comedic genius, and I watch that movie, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of just like really low hanging fruit jokes in that movie. Yeah, but it's very um he do, he has a style to it, you know. He does like yeah. he makes it work to yeah. the point where it's like it's about more about execution than it is about yeah. the joke, and uh, yeah. that I, I love that. And uh, Chris Hemsworth is amazing. He is. We'll talk about no, that. What, what, what are we doing, man? We're already off topic. We're months away Ugh. from Ragnarok. Months. We're like three weeks. Um, three weeks? Two and uh. a half. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so this... We'll get there eventually. This movie, I mean, obviously some of the the big... like So so let's see. We'll, let's talk about the production part of this movie being an interesting case study first. And then we'll talk about okay. the sort of in-universe I'm stuff. listening, man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a listener now. I was going to say viewer. <laughs> but a uh, listener. So first off, this movie... It started its life, like when they first started developing it, it was basically being made as kind of a sequel to Ang Lee's Hulk, um, as, a, as an unconnected Yeah, okay, I was going to say, like, um, is that what they would call a spiritual sequel? Not quite. Spiritual sequel would be more like we're keeping the tone but doing something different. Okay. Um, this, this one, they're trying to take on a completely different tone, but they, they, when, when they first started developing this project, it was kind of intended to just be the follow-up to Ang Lee's Hulk. Um, as it moved down the road and as Marvel Studios got more involved and Universal, you know, like basically let the rights lapse and... Because and, that, that's how Marvel Studios was able to make this in the first place. Is Universal made Ang Lee's Hulk movie. They held the rights to the Hulk for a long time. Um, and then there's... With those contracts, you have to be in production on a movie within a certain period of time in order to maintain the rights. Uh, the, the negotiation that they had was separate for... Uh, production than it was distribution. So the production rights lapsed from Universal, which sent them back to Marvel Studios. However, they were able to maintain the distribution rights. Ah. And so what we have in this movie is a movie that is made by Marvel Studios, or sorry, produced by Marvel Studios, made with Paramount, uh, co-producing, um, and then distributed by Universal. So you've kind of got these three different corporate entities involved. That's an interesting setup yeah and it's and it's one that never goes on to be replicated because it gets com- convoluted the closest thing that occurs in this universe again is spider-man homecoming but that's one where marvel studios and sony are kind of you know working hand in hand and sony just let marvel make a sony movie like you know where they go okay marvel studios you can produce this movie and then we will handle everything after that that is really cool i like how they they do that I, I, I like the Spider-Man arrangement. I think Sony still has a lot of power, and they could pull Spider-Man back at any moment, uh, which is a scary thing. That, that is, yeah, that is interesting, but, but yeah, that's uh, for another episode. Yeah, but for, for this, and so th- this was an interesting thing where it's like this is the start of their universe, and they basically went, look, it sucks that, we don't, that we're not going to distribute this movie. It sucks that like we're not going to be able to really gain the lion's share of the profits on it. 
However, uh, this is our most bankable character that we own, right? Because Fox owns the X-Men, Fox owns the Fantastic Four, Sony owns Spider-Man, Daredevil, Ghost Rider. Like, all of their biggest bankable characters are owned by various other studios at this point. Uh, That's true. The Hulk is pretty well known. Yeah. At this point, it was like Spider-Man and the Hulk. Yeah, Spider-Man and the Hulk. I mean, at this point, the X-Men are more well known. But, like, you think back to our childhood when the cartoons were on TV, Hulk was one of the most well known. Yeah, because I I knew who Hulk was. Yeah. I watched cartoons of the Hulk. Yeah. Um... I remember he jumped real high. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a lot of the other stuff, like Captain America and Iron Man, and most of these other characters that are in the MCU right now yeah. weren't as prominent. And that's weird to think that, you know, back then that these weren't like uh, tent poles or like the main Marvel. Yeah. The Avengers weren't, that it was the Hulk, which is weird because the Hulk's just a big green rage monster. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it is funny because outside of Spider Man and the X Men, Hulk was the, the most well known Marvel character. Like, you know, even in our childhoods, like Spider-Man, right, right behind Spider Man. I'd say you think he's more well known than the X Men. Um, no, yeah, like I'd I, say, Spider Man, X Men, then Hulk. For most of up until the MCU really starts, those are probably the three most well known properties. Yeah, and so, and I, so they're yeah, going, I agree. They're going. This is our golden goose. Like no one really cared about Iron Man. No one cared about Captain America or Thor. Like Hulk was their property, and so they go, okay. Take a risk on Iron Man, as we talked about in our, our last yeah, episode. This production was the going on at the same time as Iron Man. Yeah, right? almost simultaneously. Because they came out like two months apart. Yeah. Um, super close, which we have we almost never see in the MCU now. The only time it ever happens is when it's like event, an Avengers movie comes out, and then we have Ant-Man like soon afterward to sort of well, cleanse the We just had Captain Marvel. Yeah, but that was still like a year. Not a year, but that was, that was nine months after uh, Avengers. Which is a good amount of time, but like two months is pretty close. No, Endgame. Oh yeah, I guess I guess Endgame will be coming. When out. When did so, Captain yeah. Marvel come out? Was it January, February? Ago, February, probably. Yeah, because I remember I was like, that's really close. Yeah, it is. They're getting closer just because they have so much, so many more movies now. But at this time, it's like it's their only two movies, and they're releasing them two months apart. Like, oh, yeah. kind of weird. Um, but so this this one, they they were able to just or they 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 were comfortable just being like, look, we're not going to gain tons of profit on this movie, even if it does well because Universal is distributing it. But at least we know this one, we can most likely make our money back, you know, and and help us pay off the debt that, or the loan that we took to make these <laughs> movies. Um, and and what ends up happening is this one becomes far less successful, less than half as successful uh, box office wise as Iron Man. And I think it's because this was just the obvious choice. This was what you would expect from a superhero movie. This didn't really do anything to stand out from, you know, your Ghost Riders and your Daredevils. It belongs you know. in the the same category as like all the o- older ones, like the older Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider. Like it yeah. it is more reminiscent of those and the X Men movies mm-hmm. than it is an actual Marvel movie. Yeah. So it's like it's almost the one that got left behind. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally is, and and I think for the longest time, you know, up until Civil War, we kind of expected this to just every ev- that every semblance of this movie would just vanish. You know, that it, nothing would really come back around. Yeah, that's the other interesting thing is the the MCU is so interconnected that everything, most everything, has you know is connected here here. There's yeah. there's minimal plot threads that have been abandoned and yeah. stuff like that, but. And they're usually smaller ones, but yeah. this movie almost every yeah every character every every teaser every yeah every, every setup nothing Easter is, egg off. is all just left behind. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. Like it, to see that because you know watching this movie, it's like even even the like post credit scene that's not really a post credit scene the uh, 
the sort of Tony Stark uh meeting up with Thunderbolt Ross uh and telling him that he wants to like put a team together, basically saying he's like interested in abomination. Like that never you know, there's nothing that ever pays that off. Yeah. There's nothing that ever pay- pays off Tim Blake Nelson as the the leader. Uh He's out there. He's out there somewhere. They say it's canon. I mean, they got Thunderbolt Ross and then yeah. got all this. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, by by bringing back Thunderbolt Ross, you establish that that this is canon. And I mean, even in Avengers, Mark Ruffalo's like last time I got angry, I broke Harlem or whatever. Oh yeah, they do show actual clips from the Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. in the Avengers. Yeah, and so it's all there, and so it's like you know, at some point, I guess they could bring back Tim Blake Nelson or something if they wanted to. Uh, but it's 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 weird to be ten years removed from that or eleven years removed from that and still have basically nothing from that movie coming back around. That would be so interesting because you know when Civil War came out and uh, Thunderbolt Ross shows up and everybody's like, "Whoa, no way! He's from the Incredible Hulk." Yeah. It was like it was kind of a big thing. Yeah. Um, but like, imagine like ten years later, mm-hmm. eleven years later, however long it is now, or however long it will be, if yeah. they were to bring back the leader yeah i think that would be i don't think there's like a i don't think it's gonna happen but i don't think so either man that would be cool like a, a 10 12 year old payoff yeah would be, I, oh i would love to see it for sure and maybe maybe once they finally have the distribution rights back for the hulk maybe they'll do that and do a movie with the leader you think they ever will i doubt it i say i say they steal them back plan a heist the rights i don't know how to go works. up thanos's butt and steal them um yeah that that would be that would be awesome to see um, one thing that's also interesting is this is also the only instance where they have allowed an actor the ability to rewrite scenes. And so Edward Norton, Edward Norton rewrote, and it was mostly dialogue, apparently. Like, he didn't really change scenes too much, but he he rewrote and, like, was continuously putting out drafts of scenes all the way up until, like, even halfway through production. Uh, he's still really? putting out drafts. Yeah, because in his contract, they allowed him a a full rewrite. They allowed him a full a full rewrite of the of the script, um, or a full draft of the script, rather, not rewrite. Um, and then they also allowed him to continuously uh, rewrite the the dialogue. Um, and so it like he was very intrinsically involved in this, and that's what ended up being the thing that made you know Kevin Feige just be like, yeah, we're not we're not going to deal with this guy anymore. Is like you know the difficulty factor. Yeah, because that, that's that's the main thing that makes it hard to have a interconnected mm-hmm. universe is to have people wanting to do. Um, their own their stuff. own thing you yeah. know they were like I mean that's really cool that they have uh, but like this isn't the kind of movie that you that you have where you can just do yeah, whatever go you off want. the rails and do your own thing yeah, yeah. and it, it is it is interesting and like props to Edward Norton for being he was very committed to this role he did a lot of like physical you know stuff he did a lot of research on the comics and and obviously like you know rewriting like he was very he was very intrinsically involved um, um, in this movie and so props to him for uh you know for doing that fun fact though uh louis leterrier the director of this film do you want to know who his first choice for the role was tom cruise mark ruffalo mark ruffalo yeah that's really cool mark ruffalo was the was the director's uh uh choice the front runner apparently was going to be david duchovny uh which is very very interesting uh he was on the x-files um he was kind of like the main guy from the x-files oh really i think i know who you're talking about yeah uh, but, uh, it was, I believe it was Gail Ann Hurd, uh, uh, and Kevin Feige who ultimately decided on Edward Norton. Um, Gail Ann Hurd was the producer who was on the universal end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she also produced like Terminator. She's very infamous. Like she even produces like the walking dead and stuff. She's a big time producer from, from universal and, and other companies. Um, 
but yeah, I guess because like with Kevin Feige, he talked about how Edward Norton reminded him of Bill Bixby, who was who played uh, David Banner in the Hulk TV show, um, that ultimately led to him getting cast. I guess. Um, but I do like. I actually like Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. He He's, he does a really good job, and it it is interesting that he is the the one main character. Uh huh. Um, I guess um, Rhodey was. Yeah, yeah. He the, was smaller, but this is like the you know the main character yeah, of a movie actor, being lead being actor. And uh, yeah, in both 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 cases with with recasting Rhodey and with recasting Bruce Banner, in both cases they just kind of went for someone who didn't even really look like the other guy. Yeah, know? which is interesting because yeah. I mean they're trying to make it a movie. That, yeah, like make it a continuous yeah, universe. Yeah, it's the same person. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's like they don't even look the same. They don't. Act, they definitely yeah. don't act the same. They don't act the same. It's not the same character. Like in both cases, in Ro- in Rhodey's case and in Bruce Banner's case, it's not the same performance that that is being given, or not even the same type of character that they're. Yeah. Playing. So I mean, I think that's good because then you don't have that like um, the mimic kind of yeah, thing where you're like just just trying to have someone that looks exactly the same, acts the same way. Yeah. Um. And they were like, well, that's not going to work. Yeah. It'd be better to just do a new character, and it worked out for in both cases. I mean, yeah. Mark Ruffalo. It would have been interesting to see Mark Ruffalo. I mean, we were talking about yeah. Iron Man and you know him being Tom Cruise and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, well, what do you think this movie would have been like? With it, yeah, it would have been completely different if it was Mark Ruffalo, obviously. Totally. But like, how much different? I do mean, you think? I, I think a significant amount, partially because of the the rewrites that Edward Norton was doing. You know, like if you, if you go, you know, if you were to go back to the original like Zach Penn version of this screenplay, which he had been writing in various iterations for like ten years, uh, there's probably a lot of little things that change. Um, there is like there's that the scene when Edward Norton's like experimenting with the flower to try and make a cure and like emailing back and forth with Mister Blue. That's a scene that Edward Norton added. Uh, that was a scene that he wrote, and I actually do like that scene. I like the sort of Bruce Banner looking for a cure and like trying to experiment with these things. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But like, I remember watching it, and I was like, it was like the same problem that the the first one had, mm-hmm. where they were well, not the angle one, mm-hmm. where it's like the whole time it's just all this science crap. Yeah, and then you get some action and stuff. Yeah. So like that, I, I get it and stuff. But uh, I just never found it that intriguing mm-hmm. to watch. I like, I feel like they could have done a little bit better, or like you know, gone through it a little bit quicker. Yeah. But um, there's I think that's my my catchphrase. <laughs> but um. But um, me too. Uh, I, I say that all the time. Uh, yeah, I've noticed I said it literally fifty <laughs> times each episode. Though. Yeah. Oh, same. If if I could like design software that would remove but ums uh, from from our podcast, like it, we'd probably take twenty minutes of runtime off of every episode. Oh, uh, um, not a bad idea. But there, um, uh... <laughs> we so so another character. I mean, I I personally I do like Edward Norton, and it is funny imagining the MCU being centered around. Tom Cruise, Terrence Howard, and Edward Norton. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just all these weird recasting things. Um, but uh, uh, the other roles that we have here, Liv Tyler as Betsy Ross, uh, or Betty Ross. I really, really like Liv Tyler in general. I think she's a great actress. She is She is very cool. And it, it is kind of disappointing that, like... She has nothing to do in this movie. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, she doesn't have to do anything to do in the movie, and then we never see her again. I know. I guess we'll get to that in the in the retcons and yeah. dropped story threads. But uh, yeah, um, let's so let's let's talk about this villain though, and how this how this villain ranks. Uh, we've got Tim Roth as Abomination is kind of our sort of primary antagonist. I mean, you can make the argument for for uh, William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross, but I think for all intents and purposes, the villain of this movie is Abomination. 
Um, well, I, I do like that they have villains like Thunderbolt Ross that aren't like your your typical like villain that is just you know the a recreation of the the, of hero. the hero. Yeah. So like, yeah, he he's just like a, a general. Yeah. He's he's pulling the strings. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, is, he's, what is his uh, motivation? The well, the motivation for the villain is like basically he he wants to get Bruce away from his daughter and he wants to steal the techno like he wants he to, wants to use it as a super soldier yeah as, use him as a super and because yeah that that's the thing and I I love that so this is the thing that comes from the Ultimate comics is that the Hulk's origin is actually tied to the super soldier experiments and that's like one of the first you know I, I remember even seeing that and being like oh that's so cool it's like that's a Captain America tease I. Uh, and that's one of the first instances in the MCU of being like, hey, there's some other stuff out here. Do they mention it in the movie mm-hmm. that it is? Because I know they mentioned it in Avengers yeah. that they say something about it being a tr- – they're trying to recreate. Yeah, exactly. And he's talking to Captain America and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and they, they established that in this movie in the in the kind of early goings of it. Um, and so that's because that, they were trying to tease Captain America. Exactly. Uh, and so I think that is one of those things where you're like, oh, that's cool. Like just that little tying it in without being intrusive. Um but yeah, and I like. I think that I think that Thunderbolt Ross is a good like. I I wouldn't say he's the villain of this movie, but he's. I think he's a really good character here, and he plays a good role. Um, he is an antagonist, though. He's an antagonist. He's just not like our primary villain. He's not our third act. He's not threat. the comic book villain. He's not the yeah. yeah the one that needs to be defeated at the end. Exactly. He's yeah. He's not the climactic villain. Man, this is an interesting one to talk about because I'm like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I. Oh. So I love Tim Roth as an actor. I really, really like him. He's great in all the Tarantino movies he's in. Like uh, most of his roles, I really enjoy. And I, I even like his portrayal of Blonsky. You know, he he plays that character well. However, Blonsky's like his character is is one of the most unrealistically motivated people I've ever seen. He just wants to be young again. He wants like, to be young again. He, he just wants to get better. He's obsessed with his job. Like his yeah. it's his job is his life. And I get that. There's a lot of people that yeah. You know, become it, you know that's their, their, their whole job, life yeah. is their job, and you know this is what he's lived for, and he's kind of getting old. Yeah. And uh, something like that, like um, I mean, I ride dirt bikes, and I watch a lot of dirt bikers, yeah, and stuff. And it, for any athlete yeah. in general, is like when they start getting older, it's like they don't know what to do with their life, yeah. you know, and then they've been so beat up. And he's a soldier; he's been probably been shot, and he can't run yeah. as fast. So I I kind of understand that motivation of being like trying to hold on. To his youth and his life, basically. I wish, I just wish that there had, that there was a second wrinkle to it. I wish that there was some other, you know, force that, that, that was making him really want to recapture that youth, other than just like, I want to be good at my job still. It is you know? weird that he's like obsessed with power. Yeah. To the point, because he, when he gets, he first gets beat by the Hulk, that it's, you know, he straight he goes straight into like that's amazing. I yeah. I want that. Yeah. And it's like you want that? That's a, that's a little crazy. Yeah. And that's the only thing we get is just like yeah, give me that. Yeah. And when he yeah, really, it's, it's you, wild. You just that it's just in, that he's insane. Yeah. It's like it doesn't really make sense that a soldier would be willing to mm-hmm. become you know that. Yeah. And I, I like that 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 little phase where he's basically got the super soldier serum, but he hasn't you know gone full bore with the leader and 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 become the abomination when he's just been injected with the serum. What I, serum is that, by the way? It's basically their version of the super soldier serum, like not a quite, lot of versions but of the super soldier serum. Yeah, but it's it's the it's whatever the military had, um, and so it like I I like that sequence when he's functioning at that higher level and he goes to face the Hulk and he's like doing all that like 
cool, like kind of jumping around, like jujitsu sort of fighting stuff. Yeah, yeah, going head to head against the Hulk. Yeah, which is a cool. I really like that scene, and especially because there's a couple like those brutal moments when Hulk like kicks him up to the tree and stuff like that when he slams hard again. Like, I remember cool that stuff. watching that was yeah. it was yeah, it's pretty savage. You're like oh, but it, but it, but I really like that action sequence. I think that was awesome. I actually think like all the action sequences in this movie mm-hmm. are really good. I, yeah, like you know because they were going for an action movie, and this movie is an action movie, and it's you know yeah beautifully shot. I think for the most part, the the third act for me is where it starts to get just really muddy, and you get that gray CGI oh, yeah, clashing monster mayhem. Yeah, and smoke everywhere, and all that. Like that, the the third act fight for me starts to get a little boring just because it is that same mess of, of CGI that you see a lot. There are a few elements of that fight that I really enjoy, but for the most part, it gets boring. Yeah, it's just two big monsters punching each other yeah. to death. But uh, And that's why I like the the middle confrontation when, when he's still just the super soldier, because it's an interesting one. He's having to like be clever and like do all these interesting things to try and get around him, and like they're working with like the tanks and the other soldiers. Like It's really cool because yeah. it's just mayhem. You know, it's the it's the uncontrollable rage monster. And I like that they start out with that. Yeah. So they Everybody thinks that you know when you uh, Spider Man Homecoming came, or Sp- Spider Man and Civil War. Yeah. No, it was Homecoming. Yeah, that uh, they kind of skip his origin. Yeah, um, that that was like the first time that they skipped an origin. But oh, man, it's actually this, this movie. Mm-hmm. If you go back and watch this, it's not an origin movie. Not it's, at all. Basically, it's like a sequel. It is. It really. I mean, this this That's movie why you were talking about Ang Lee's. Yeah, because this movie does nothing to discount Ang Lee's movie. In fact, this movie starts in the same place that Ang Lee's movie ends. You know, like it's, him it on starts the run. him on the run in South America. That uh, is true. I rem- I do remember that at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, so were they originally supposed to have that as that, and then they were like, "Oh, we got to recast everything. We're sure we're just going to make it a new movie." It was it was that they basically wanted to to sort of toe the line. They wanted to because they didn't want to retell the origin. They didn't want to be like this is a full blown reboot. You know, because the, because the Hulk, the first Hulk, was like a moderately successful movie, uh, and so they wanted to basically you know sort of. Be like, okay, audiences understand that version of the Hulk's origin. Let's go ahead and just accept that that's basically the virgi- version of this Hulk's origin so that we don't have to tell this origin story again and we can just pick up from there and tell an individual Which is, Hulk story. I think is more interesting. I agree. To watch him, you know, struggle with this yeah. demon, basically, and because this is basically a Jackal and Hyde story. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to control this thing, and uh, they... If you think about the whole the Hulk's whole story arc, mm-hmm. uh, all the way to Endgame, which is they've been teasing Professor Hulk, yeah, which is super interesting because he's basically when he's the Hulk, he's just mm-hmm. a you know a green rage monster, and yeah. he's almost like a villain mm-hmm. to the United States, yeah, uh, like Thaddeus Ross. He's trying to you know control this guy because otherwise he's going to destroy everything. He's yeah. like a monster, and he wants to be able to stop him or control him or use him for. You know, the nefarious purposes, you know, how the U.S. government always needs raptors to to fight the wars for some reason. Uh Jurassic World reference, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's it's really cool because I remember, I'm thinking back to when I saw this, which was 11 years ago. Yeah, makes me feel old. I was actually working at the movie theater. Iron Man had come out and I was really excited for this. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it looked really cool. It looked like an amazing story. But when I was watching it, I just couldn't get into it as much. But the the thing I do remember watching this was um, him being basically like the the alien stalker in the warehouse, yeah, like just taking people out, yeah. And I th- I thought that was I thought that was really cool, and that's like the main thing uh, that I liked about yeah. that movie. 
was that he he had no control and when he the Hulk was there it yeah. was just it was mayhem. Yeah, and I really I I I really like um I like that scene in the warehouse where where the Hulk first appears and it's it's like a horror movie where you're not really seeing the monster and he's going through and destroying this place and some people complain about that um do people really yeah, what, some, what do they not like about some it? Some people just think it's cheap. It's like, okay, just because Jaws did it doesn't mean like every movie has to like you know wait to show the monster. And I'm like, I that's sort of a complaint, but at the same time, like Jaws waited until like the very end, whereas this is just one scene where we're like barely seeing him. I think it was perfectly done. Where it's like, we're it's not, the, it's a great intro to the character, yeah. especially when you see him. He's in the in the second act when he's fighting all those people and mm-hmm. against the army, you know, and he takes down some tanks and it's really cool. And he fights like the Blonsky, yep, is that the abomination's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's fighting them, that that's a really cool scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just it's really cool to see the Hulk just tear people apart, <laughs> tear tear trucks apart. And yeah, uh, in, the Hulk. In talking about a, abandoned plot threads, I mean not necessarily abandoned, but Ty Burrell in this movie plays a character Leonard Sampson, uh, who uh, is actually a a character like kind of uh, I guess like a hero villain something what I think who? he's like a hero who His, are you talking about doc samson i don't know who that is he's a like he's not a huge character in the comics he shows up here and there um like he was in world war hulk um and like he's he's kind of like uh he he's he's this sort of he's one of those smart guys in the marvel universe who does things that are either good or bad but like somewhere in the line like the greater good type thing Mm-hmm. He's one of these super smart dudes. So he shows up in like World War Hulk and Secret Invasion. Um, I think he showed up in like Civil War too. But Ty Burrell played that character, and uh, you know the sort of that character evolving into what he would become never really gets paid off. Uh, so that that's that's one other little little abandoned plot thread. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start with abandoned plot threads because almost everything in this movie was abandoned, other than the fact that the Hulk exists. Yeah, Betsy Betsy Ross is abandoned. Like. Mark Ruffalo's never once mentioned an ex-girlfriend or anything like that. You yeah, know? which is which is weird, especially yeah. since now he's he was dating Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah, wasn't interesting. Uh. Such an odd thing. Um, let's see. I mean, the MacGuffin for this movie. I guess the MacGuffin for this movie is Hulk, right? Like everyone's trying to get his power, his serum. Like they're trying to acquire his blood. Yeah, yeah. So like Hulk would be the MacGuffin of this movie. What? How would you? Hulk's blood. Yeah. Oh, I guess they could. Just Hulk in general, because they've been—they were just—they were trying to capture him, right? Everybody wants control of the Hulk. Yeah, they want, um, you know, Blonsky wants the power. Yeah, Thaddeus Ross wants to wants to be able to recreate it. Yeah, wants to recreate it. Wants to the super soldier serum for yeah. the, the army for some, yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it's super useful. I guess I mean they they use them in the Avengers, so I guess that is useful. But exactly what what do you think though in terms of like rating? rating this uh this particular MacGuffin. How 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 does it work for you as a as a kind of uh, I think I think it works great because it's it's not something that you think as a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you if it's a hard time figuring out what the MacGuffin is, then that means it's a good MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel that. I, I, I think also, I mean, just like I talked about last time, I like it when the MacGuffin is not just some An inanimate object. object that means nothing. You know what I mean? I I like it when there is that when the MacGuffin has its own, you know, uh, uh, intentions and its own sort of. Does that even make it a MacGuffin? I think so. Absolutely. R two D two is like the world's greatest MacGuffin, and he's he's got his own little goals, and so he can go his own ways rather than just like, oh, this is an object, and then this person takes it, and this person takes it, and then it's floating in the universe somewhere. Like, 
you know that, that it actually can 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 redirect the MacGuffin itself could redirect the plot at any time. Um, I think makes it much more interesting. Uh, and so I, I think this one's a good one as much as this movie, I don't necessarily think is that great. I think it's fairly generic. Uh, but, but I do think that, that Hulk works really well, especially because it's like, there is a dividing difference between Banner and Hulk. I think that Hulk works really well as that sort of, as that kind of plot engine. Yeah. I think, I think that's where the movie falls flat for me. Yeah. Is that, Everything that's not the Hulk mm-hmm. is because I mean, when you go to see a Hulk movie, you want to see the Hulk. Yeah, and everything that they're doing is kind of boring. I mean, the idea of him being able to, you know, do breathing exercises because he's trying to control the, you know, the yeah. Hulk. He doesn't want him to come out. He's trying to make it so he he control his anger. Yeah, essentially, and like they they do a lot of stuff where he's, tr- you know, breathing and training. And trying to figure out all this, mm-hmm. and that's just not interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I I think there were certain aspects for me that that some of that was interesting to me. I don't know. I I, I enjoyed kind of some of those, um, some of those deeper elements of like, oh yeah, this is this is sort of the life of being the Hulk. But at the same time, yeah, you hammer it home too much, and you're like, all right, let's let's get to the movie. Um, this movie, uh, in terms of success, this is the lowest grossing Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, uh, clocking in at a total worldwide gross of two hundred thirty or two hundred sixty-three million, um, and that is on a budget of uh, one hundred fifty million. So, is that more or less than Iron Man? Oh, much less. Or oh, the oh, sorry, the budget. Uh, the budget, yeah, the 10, budget. ten million dollars more. Um, okay, so it's, it's a little bit more than Iron Man was. Uh, the uh, tomato meter on this one, the Rotten Tomatoes critics score is 67%, uh, which is, you know, fairly run of the mill. Uh, and then the uh, audience score is 70%. Um, movie had a total runtime of 112 minutes, so it is shorter than than Iron Man. Um, you know, it's... Not by much, but was that 10, yeah. 15 minutes? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and so it's, it's a little shorter. It is interesting that this movie feels a lot longer... Totally. Than Iron Man. This movie feels much longer than Iron because Man. Because it's not as focused. Uh-huh. Iron is Man it... is completely focused. Every scene yeah. is like here to here mm-hmm. to here, completely well, focused on the story. And on... this movie stops a lot. This movie like really pauses on a lot of moments and like, you know, lab- yeah. you know labors and, and really, you know, kind of sits in a lot of its moments rather than Iron Man where it's like there's not too much time to think, you know? Yeah. There's, it's just like we got to get to the next thing, get to the next thing. Um the uh, as far as the performances in this movie, uh, who would you say would be the best, ri- like the the rising star of this? The but, rising star, yeah. Um, well, since none of them have been brought back, well, besides Thaddeus, yeah. And and I think I think rising star just goes for for the actor as well. Um, you know, almost just like a a performance that kind of was uh, unpredictably good or or you know interesting. Yeah, they've got the guy from. Uh... What's that movie or that TV show that's really popular? Modern Family. Yeah, Ty Burrell. That's what I was talking about. Doc that's Samson. Ty Burrell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's from Modern Family, so yeah. Um, he wasn't big before this. I don't think this no. is the movie that brought him up. Yeah, I'd say I'd say the the only two choices would really be either either Ty Burrell or or William Hurt. Even though William Hurt was very known before this, you know, he had been in um what was it? Like History of Violence that he was in? Yeah um history of violence you know like he like he'd been acting for like 30 years at this point uh but this is one of those roles where i I do think in terms of 
performances that weren't from like an A-list actor in this movie. I think William Hurt's probably your best one. Maybe Tim Blake Nelson, but again, he was also very established at this point. Yeah, um, I, I would like to see him come back. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just died. Yeah. Maybe that's like the plot thread that they, they dropped. They were like, <laughs> oh, he's just, he died. He's gone now. But everybody um, knows he's the leader, so. Yeah. Uh, the the best performance in this movie for me is Edward Norton. I like yeah, his he, performance. Edward Norton is probably one of the, he's a fantastic actor. He's really good. He does yeah. a good job at this role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he I think he embodied it really well. That character. Do you think if they would have brought Edward Norton's character into the Avengers, it would have fit into that universe? Because this movie doesn't fit into that universe. So if they were to bring Edward Norton into the Avengers, yeah, what do you, how do you think he would have? Fit? I don't. I don't think it would have worked. I don't think it would have worked very well. Uh, yeah, because Avengers, and we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that a lot. Gosh, especially next to Tom Cruise, Edward Norton and Tom Cruise trying to coexist. That that would not be good. <laughs> See, that's probably why they don't pick like too much of these A-list actors, especially back mm-hmm. then, because they were like, "All right, we're gonna, we want to team these movies up. These are gonna be some yeah. crazy crossover kind of stuff, and we need actors that aren't gonna be." I think they realized that a little bit too late, where they're like, "Oh crap, <laughs> like, yeah. we gotta start. We gotta start recasting these people." That's probably, I think that's probably the moment they decided to recast Edward Norton. Is like, we would need to, because because I'm sure in his contract he was going to be requesting to be able to rewrite scenes in Avengers. And I think that was where they go. Yeah, no, that could. Yeah, I don't think that could have worked. I, I know it would create a lot of a lot of problems on set, you know, because oh, yeah. they'd be like, we have this, you know, people handling the stories, and obviously Edward Norton being Edward Norton, yeah, he would wouldn't like that. No, um, yeah, I think. Oh, and we didn't we didn't rank uh, or rate the MacGuffin. What, how would you rate it out of ten? Uh, pretty good, seven, seven, eight. Yeah, I, I think I think seven, seven's about right. Six or seven. Um. Uh, the comic book source material we talked about, uh, this uh, draws heavily from the Ultimate Comics, um, which you know was kind of the, re- the retelling of the Marvel Universe's origins back in the early 2000s. Um, probably some of the best place to really draw from with, with this kind of story. Um, but it also pulls from the Bruce Jones Hulk run, which is one of the more iconic ones pre-Planet like Hulk and, and stories like that. Um, but those are the, kind of the two, the two bigger ones. Uh, in terms of this one contributing to the larger MCU... There's not a ton that it contributes other than Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, well, the Hulk. I think the main idea, even because mm-hmm. the, they knew they weren't going to be making money, mm-hmm. but they wanted to have each one of these characters have their own movie and yeah. then come together. But in the future, I think they started realizing they're like, okay, some of these characters don't need their own movie, and they started getting a little bit more creative with yeah. it. And I, I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. this is like where they started. Yeah. Is like each movie, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, they all have their own movie and then they all come into one, which was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the larger MCU in this movie did not bog it down. I think it it definitely played a good part, you know, talking about the Super Soldier Serum, mentioning Shield a bit, like nothing that was too heavy or, you know, dragged the plot at all, but it helped build it up. Um, and so yeah, I there's think, not a lot that could be dragged down. Yeah. You know, cause it, it, these, these are all phase one movies. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think that's the thing is there are, I think, especially in, in Captain America, we start to see the greater world drag down the movie a bit. That's where, what I was thinking. Cause I, I was thinking these are the first movies. There's nothing that they have to worry about in yeah. previous films, but then I was what, thinking what starts about to happen, Captain yeah, America. Yeah, exactly. What starts to happen is they start worrying too much about the future films, you know, and so they start to set a bunch of stuff up uh, that, you know, doesn't really matter too much to the story. Um, but we'll talk about that when we get there. 
the did we did we rate uh we did not rate we talked about the villain but let's 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 go ahead and rate abomination what do you think boring yeah i think this is like a three yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say two and then i'm like probably a three just because there was really cool you know action sequences and but that's about it yeah and it was uh, the very f- no in the second one I guess because mm-hmm. Marvel has a problem of just copying the hero yeah. and making a villain version of it, and they do that a lot all the way up to Phase Three, yeah, uh, which makes sense especially for like uh, intro movies and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I might even go four on this one just because at least this guy's got a good performance. He does have a pretty good performance despite having not much else to do besides being obsessed with yeah. That. Maybe I'll go four on this because I'm thinking four? of other villains and I'm like, man, there's definitely a few villains that I'd put below Abomination. Like Ronan, I'd put below Abomination. Even though he looks cool, there's like nothing to that character. That's true, but they, they hide that a lot more. Yeah. They hide it a lot better because... Well, mostly just because there's the like Thanos plays a larger role in that movie too. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there. But uh, Stanley cameo rating. This is, uh, this is where the uh, drop of blood drops in the soda and then Stanley ends up drinking it out of the fridge. So that's actually a, a plot point, isn't it? Yeah, like the the yeah. The that's how guy. they find yeah something because I, I I well that's how, yeah that's how they find out that like the Hulk sort of the Hulk gene like got out or whatever is the Stan, is that Stanley was murdered like killed by it he wasn't killed by it was yeah, he was because like he drinks it because um, I seem to remember there was this whole sequence about it and then it it all led up to him drinking it and just yeah. his cameo and I was like that's dumb. They spent a lot of time on that cameo, but then I re- then I watched it again and I was like, it's actually like a part of the plot point. Like that's well, yeah, how they he, find he out. He where drops he and was. like falls down. He dies. Yeah, and then they they go, oh, there was something. Yeah, because they in, find out because the co- that's how they yeah. trace him back. To yeah, because the, the cause warehouse. of death with Stanley was that he got gamma. Does he really die? It was gamma poisoning. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's probably yeah. Because yeah. I was like, how would they know whose blood it is? But yeah, gamma poisoning. Yeah, it traces it back to the soda plant and stuff. Okay. Um. So I, that's pretty good because they kind of integrate it into the into, into the plot, plot. yeah like, that's kind of cool that is pretty cool so i give it a six six because yeah, it dies go. that's uh i'd go like a six or seven so somewhere on there yeah um i like that we're definitely not keeping track of any of our ratings uh i mean maybe yeah maybe someone out there can they'll, they'll remember and then this isn't it's not a mid-credits or post-credits scene but i think we can count it as one is yeah is I know what you're talking about robert downey jr and and thunderbolt ross talking um this one it's fun and it was exciting at the time, but it also doesn't go anywhere. It was super exciting at the time. Yeah. I worked at the movie theater and I yeah. was like, Dude, you've seen Incredible Hulk. It's got Iron Man. Yeah. It's got Robert Downing Jr. in it. And they're like, what? No yeah. way. And that was just really cool because that's the first time you've seen a character crossover from another superhero movie. Totally. And that's the only reason I'll give it like a little bit yeah. more credit. And they didn't really know what was going, where it was going. Not at all. They kind of had the plan that like Nick Fury talks to our Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Jr. or Tony Stark. Yeah. He's like, yeah, let's start this team, and then they totally drop it in yeah. Iron Man Two, where he's like, yeah, I don't care about the Avengers. Yeah. It, so it, it was... is. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit no. into the universe. Not at all. So. Yeah, I'd say maybe maybe this one gets a four. I was gonna say three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. It is Great. cool though. Like back in the day, I would have gave it a ten because it's like that's yeah. amazing. Before but, seeing where it was gonna go, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is amazing." But I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, that they yeah. didn't have anything perfectly planned out. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a four, maybe a five. I actually I'm, I'm like that one. I, I'd say back to when I first saw it, I liked it a lot. We'll settle on four. Um, four and a half. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think that's that's it for this movie. Um, 
you know, yeah, I don't want to talk about this one anymore. I enjoy it. It's fun to watch, but yeah, it's it's it, it ends up being a little inconsequential. I hope they bring back some of the characters. Uh, but that's all. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have any friends who are wanting to go down the road to Endgame with us, uh, make sure you recommend the show to them. Uh, give us some ratings and reviews on iTunes. That always helps uh, helps more people discover us. Um, and uh, if you'd like to support the show even more, you can go to patreon.com slash that might be cool. Uh, and you can chuck in a buck and uh, you'll be able to uh, listen to exclusive episodes of our uh, Patreon uh, podcast. Uh, but that is it for this episode. Follow us on social media at that might be cool. And uh, until next time, hope you enjoy the road. Yeah. I mean, watch Incredible Hulk if you want, but <laughs> we understand it if you don't. Definitely.